Wisdom is the ability to live skillfully in God's world, a world that God created by wisdom. As we've been looking at wisdom in our midweek devotionals, we've been reminded that wisdom is not just simply knowing things. Wisdom is rooted in, it stems from a relationship with God in which we reverence him, trust him, and follow him. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord, the, the Proverbs say. Well, last week we had a chance to look at God's wisdom for friendship in the book of Proverbs. This week we return to the Psalms, which serve as a prayer template or prayer guide for all of our life. And the Psalms also serve as God's hymn book for God's people, in which we sing truths about God to strengthen our faith. The plan for this devotional this morning is to read, reflect, pray, and praise. And so once again, let me encourage you to to pause what you're doing, to grab your Bible, open it up to Psalm 32, and to follow along with me today. Carve out about 15 minutes. Try to free yourself from the distractions around you as best you can, or to include those who are with you to do it with you, so that we can read, reflect, pray, and praise using the words and truths found in Psalm 32. All right. Read, reflect, pray, and praise. Let's begin by reading Psalm 32. Psalm 32's title says, A Maskil of David, verse 1. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you. I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curbed with bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord, and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Psalm 32 begins with a Hebrew word for blessed, and the Hebrew word for blessed is the same word for happy in the English. That idea of rejoicing or happiness shows up then in verse 1, and it shows up at the end in verse 11. So this idea of rejoicing or being blessed bookends the entire psalm showing us its main theme. So Psalm 32 makes the point that the path to happiness, the path to being blessed, comes through confession. 
It's hard to believe that, though, especially when confessing sin often comes with painful consequences. And yet, by the time we get to verse 6, it's clear that David, who wrote this psalm, is calling us, the reader, to join him in this joy by confessing our sin as he had. He says in verse 6, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. So David, first of all, recounts his experience of confessing sin and the good that it brought about in his life. And then he invites us in verse 6 to join him in this confession. But knowing that confession does not come natural, and, and it doesn't seem natural for us to believe that confession of sin actually leads to joy, David will aim to convince us in this psalm that it does lead to joy by providing us with four reasons why we should confess our sin to God. So we can break up this psalm into four different sections. Verses 1 through 5, he says, Confess your sin, first of all, for the joy of being forgiven. Again, David uses the example from his own life when he sinned and tried to cover it up. When he tried to cover it up and hide it, he was miserable. The the hand of the Lord bringing conviction on his life was heavy. That is until he confessed his sin and brought it to God and brought it into the light. So friends, as we pray through verses 1 through 5, look into your own life and consider, is there any sin that you're trying to cover up right now? Is God's hand of conviction heavy on you in any way that you're just trying to ignore it or push it away? Friends, don't push away. Don't ignore. Don't harden your heart if he is laying that hand of conviction upon you today. That is his love. Don't ignore it. Confess as David did. In other words, agree with God and let him forgive your sin by bringing your sin to him. Let him take away your sin. That's why Christ came, to bear our sin and take it away so we can know the joy of reconciliation. Verses 6 through 7 then give us a second reason to confess our sin. We should confess our sin for the joy of his protection. The idea of confession can be a scary one. What will people think? What might the consequences of me admitting my sin be? Friends, as we pray through verses 6 and 7, be encouraged by the image that God is our hiding place. Verse 7 talks about how the fact that he surrounds us with shouts of deliverance when we confess our sin. He is the shepherd, the good shepherd who walks with us. So yes, there might be some consequences. It might be hard for us to confess our sin, but he walks with us. And in the end, it is worth it. Confess your sins for the joy of being forgiven. Confess your sins for the joy of his protection. And then in verses 8 and 9, he gives us a third reason. Confess your sin for the joy of his guidance. When we come clean with our sin, when we come to the light, we may think, oh no, surely God's done with me. I'm on my own now. But in verses 8 and 9, God speaks. And he reminds us of his promise to guide us as repentant sinners. So as we pray through verses 8 and 9, consider, what do you need God's guidance for? Can you and are you trusting him for his guidance that he provides through his word? Don't forget, when we come to him, he promises to guide us. Come to him again and again. 
So we've, we've seen three reasons why we should confess our sin for the joy of being forgiven, for the joy of his protection, for the joy of his guidance. And then finally, the fourth reason, verses 10 and 11, confess your sin for the joy of knowing God. We are to be glad, verse 11 says, in the Lord. So as we pray through verses 10 and 11, ask God to satisfy you with his love. Ask him to help give us a, a, a spiritual taste buds that taste and see his goodness as we consider the truth about him in his word. Church, there is joy. Believe it or not, there is joy in repentance. There is joy in confession. Luke 15 talks about the angels throwing a party for anyone who confess, repents and comes home, who comes back to God. That is the heart of God. There's joy in confession. It's the path to knowing the joy of being forgiven, the joy of being protected, the joy of having God's guidance, and ultimately the joy of knowing God. And so the psalmist says, therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer at a time when God may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters, they shall not reach him. Friends, when we've sinned, when we've blown it, and we feel the, the heaviness of conviction, God's hand on us. Psalm 32 is a guide, a template for how we should pray when we've sinned. So we've read Psalm 32. We've reflected on what it means. Now it's time for us to pause and to use Psalm 32 as a prayer guide and to actually go to our Lord and to pray. I'm going to lead us in prayer right now, but again, what I want to encourage you to do is, is to not only pray with me, but, but to use this psalm and to continue to pray throughout today and throughout this week. Use this psalm as a prayer guide where you personalize it yourself, where you use it as a guide for your own prayer life with the specific details in your own life. So let me first of all lead us in prayer and then encourage you later on throughout today and this week to do just that. But right now, if you would, please join me as we go to our God in prayer using Psalm 32. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we come to you as our good God. We come to you in Jesus' name. Father, as Isaiah heard in his vision of Christ on the throne, the seraphim saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Lord, we tremble before you today. You are light, and in you there is no darkness at all. But one look in the mirror of your word, and we are left to recognize how far we fall short of your goodness, how far we fall short of your holiness and your glory. And so, Father, we pray today that you would search our hearts, that you would bring specific conviction of sin in the areas that we need it, and that we would not harden our hearts against you, but that you would give us the courage to bring our sin into the light, believing what the psalmist says, that blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven. So, Father, we, we remember that Jesus taught us the two most important commandments is to love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. There's a sense in which keeping those commands is to keep all your law, for the all the law hangs on those two commands. 
But when we look at those two most important commands, we recognize again that we have fallen short of that. We've failed to love you with all our heart. We failed to love our neighbor as ourself. And so instead of keeping silent and hiding or ignoring our sin, we confess that sin to you. We agree with you about our guilt. We confess to you our pride, our greed, our lust. Lord, we confess our self-reliance and self-centeredness and self-righteousness. We confess to you that instead of relying on you, we have often been prayerless, trying to rely on our own self and our own wisdom. Father, we confess to you that we have at times been harsh with others, dishonest. We've gossiped or slandered others with our words. We confess to you the ways that we have been unloving. We pray, Father, with David that you would forgive us of these and many other sins. Father, when being honest about our sin, we recognize that it often tempts us to fear when we bring our sin into the light, we're, we're concerned about what that might mean for us. And then we're tempted to go back to hiding or pretending. And so, Lord, we, we pray that you would convince us of the truth that you are our hiding place. Give us the grace to believe that, that you do not turn away from those who come to you in repentance. You surround us with shouts of deliverance. And so, Lord, we pray that at First Baptist, we would be known as forgiven sinners who aren't afraid to confess their sin, but that we would be a people who glorify you in our gospel confidence. Father, we are also a people in need of wisdom, in, in need of guidance. We need you to teach us, to instruct us in the way that we should go. This has been a crazy and difficult year. And so, Father, we pray that as we make decisions now and in the coming week, that we would be faithful to search your scriptures, to get wise counsel from others, and to pray about every decision we need to make. But then to move forward, to move forward with those decisions, knowing that you love us, that you are the God who counsels us with your eye upon us. And so, Lord, we pray that you would lead us in our decisions down paths of goodness and mercy. Father, we know with the psalmist that in your presence there is fullness of joy. We know that at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. And so, Lord, we pray that you would satisfy us with your love. Grant us joy, not, not necessarily in circumstances, but make us glad in you. Fill our hearts with shouts of joy in you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, church, I pray that we know the joy that comes in confessing our sin to God, the joy that comes with being forgiven and resting in God as our hiding place. Well, this last week, Jason Brown recorded a video of the song titled, Blessed is the One. We've sung it in the past as a, as a church, and, and essentially this song is Psalm 32 put to music. It's a wonderful song. And so we have read God's word. We have reflected on what it means. We've prayed Psalm 32. Now what we do to end our time this, this afternoon is to 
Sing the truths of Psalm 32 by singing, Blessed is the One. We do this to raise our affections to God, to rejoice in who he is and what he's done for us in Christ. And we do this to be satisfied in his love. So let me encourage you right now to go to our church's YouTube page and to listen to the song that we've published for you, Blessed is the One. Or else you can also click on the link that we've included in the website uh, or on this podcast, whether, whatever form you're listening to this devotional. Go to the song now on YouTube and sing with us. Blessed is the one as a response to these truths that we've just seen in Psalm 32.